Hey everyone, Joy and Lyle here and welcome to another episode of the Sustainable Jungle Podcast where we talk to passionate, inspiring people working to future-proof our planet. Today's episode is a really good one with Umberto and Daniela, the team behind the ecotourism business, Wildlife Adventures. They're based in the central Apennines in Italy, and you can find them on Twitter and Facebook at WildlifeAdv, that's A-D-V, or on Instagram at Wildlife Adventures, or of course on their website at wildlifeadventures.it. Wildlife Adventures was founded by Umberto in 2009 in the beautiful Italian town of Pesca Sorolli in the Abruzzo National Park, which is around two hours from Rome. Umberto and his team have had the most wonderful experiences with the wild and nature, citing life-changing moments with bears, wolves and eagles as key reasons for doing what they do. They believe that a connection to nature and the wild is extremely important for society and the experiences they offer are designed to make that reconnection. We visited Wildlife Adventures in the beautiful Italian mountains and so enjoyed chatting with Umberto and Daniela. They shared their favorite animal stories and the most impactful moments they've had in the wild. We also talked about why it's important to spend time in nature, the role of ecotourism and conservation, why humans in nature need to learn to coexist and how the Abruzzo National Park has been successful in involving local communities. Daniela was also kind enough to take us on a wolf trekking adventure through the snow. So check out our websites for more on that otherworldly experience. Please enjoy this heartfelt conversation with Umberto and Daniela. Okay, well, here we are. We're in Embruzzo National Park. We are here with the lovely Umberto and Daniela from Wildlife Adventures. Thank you so much for having us here at this wonderful hotel. You are the, the team behind Wildlife Adventures, which is a Wildlife Adventures ecotourism business based here in the central Apennines. You take people on wildlife experiences, hiking, photography, all types of interesting experiences, which we're going to talk about a little bit about later. But before we get stuck into that, really want to hear a little bit more about you guys and about your backgrounds. Can you tell us a little bit more about where you grew up, where you were born, what brought you to this region? Okay, I begin? Yes. Go for it. I was born in Rome, so I'm not from here, and I decided later to move from the city to Pescasseroli here in the National Park. But I'm not from here half and half. I mean that my father, he, he comes from Pescasseroli, but when he was young, he decided to move to the city. And But during our childhood, he always bring us I have two brothers here in Pescasseroli to pass uh, our holidays and I fall in love so then I decided to study conservation biology um, and I think uh, that my choice was linked to the fact that my father was from here and he was so in love with nature and he just passed his love uh, to, to us. So I decided to study conservation biology and when I mm, asked for my thesis, I asked a thesis on uh, animal uh, conservation project and it, it was funny for, because my professor said, ah, we have a big project in Abruzzo National Park based in Pescasseroli <laughs> and I just really, it's my place, yes, I want to go there and so I came for my thesis here for two years and then I just uh, stopped. I mean, I didn't move, move uh, anymore and I decided to, to live here. 
Fantastic. Mm, I moved a little bit in Abruzzo, in other national park, to work as a wildlife biologist. Uh, but then I came back here and I decided to become also a guide. So. And for the wildlife that you studied, did you focus on a particular species or was it more general? Yes, I began with uh, brown bear. Oh, cool. I was focused on brown bear, but in the project where I begin to work, we were two groups of guys. Uh, one group focused on wolf ecology mm -hmm. and one group focused on beer. I was in the beer project, but we work all together in the same home. It was very nice period for us because we we live all together in this house and every day just thinking about nature and our project, our following the animals and it was very uh, nice and and but then during my work experience I also worked on other species like wolf chamois especially chamois and of course bears and uh, other little animals <laughs> very cool yeah. how about you Umberto I was born <laughs> in a <laughs> little uh, town near Pescasseri and uh, yes when I was childhood. Uh, I was passionate by nature in the area and um, I took my first pictures of beer um, when I was young so I decided to work in this area like a photographer and uh, there was the occasion to become a guide so when I finished my study um, I try to work like a guide uh, in the national park and uh, I founded uh, this little company called Wildlife Adventures and uh, now we are a little group of guides and uh, we work inside uh, the central Apennines. Very cool and so before Umberto, before you started the company you were a guide already? Uh, that, yes, I, uh, I, I worked like a guide with another company in the area, okay. uh, with a small company, um, but uh, there wasn't uh, um, really a job. Just um, uh, in less some months, normally during the summer season, uh, we worked on this company. So I decided to fund the company to have this job all the, the year. Very cool. Mm. If, you, if you can't do what you love every day, start a company and do it every day, right? <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like you've both had a lot of experience guiding in the area and the, the, the love for nature started when you, were, when you were little and it's stayed with you all this time. Was there a moment when you realized that this is it, like, this is what I'm going to do, this is for me, there's no other option, I'm going to be um, a wildlife professional. For me it was the first encounter with the bears yes. in the area and uh, first pictures. So I realized that uh, this was my, my dream and uh, we, yes, we think like, like a job. Yes. And what was it about that moment with the, the first bear, was it... Oh, this is this was a particular moment because I meet with other two friends, uh, bear with two cubs. Bear with two cubs. Uh, yes, exactly. Oh wow! And, uh, <laughs> That's the dream. <laughs> yeah. And yes, it was funny because in this case, um, normally the bear when when they saw uh, a 
men, you know, human people, they, they live from the area. And in this case, we was very lucky because uh, this mother with two cubs decided to uh, rest in the same area and um, give us the opportunity to take uh, different pictures. Oh, wow. So she was relaxed with yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. Wasn't threatened by you. Yes, I, I think it was, was a unique moment because um, in the rest of my life, normally, um, when Abir realized that, that there, is, uh, there are people in the area, uh, normally they leave this area and they they go outside yes mm, yeah understandably yeah. man doesn't have the best history with animals do they yeah. <laughs> so how big is the mouse can bear actually um we we have a um a bear that is uh, a little bit smaller than european the european bear normally uh, a male can arrive at uh, 150 180 kilos wow and uh, the female uh, reach uh, 80, 100 kilo. Wow, jeez, wow. that's pretty big. Yeah, yeah, pretty big, but, but later than other brown, because here we have a subspecies. Mm. It's not uh, brown beer, it's Apennine brown beer. Right. So it's something particular of this area. We call endemic uh, species. So a species that is just here. It's not a species, it's a subspecies. But uh, it's uh, a kind of bear that you cannot find in any other part in Europe, just mm. here. And it's a little bit smaller because it's. I <laughs> um, call our bear uh, the our uh, um, vegan bear. Vegan bear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do um, they only live on plants? No, um, they of course they are carnivores, so they okay. eat uh, meat and they also hunt uh, some animals, but. Their diet is mostly composed by vegetables oh and right. food. <laughs> so I, that's why I call vegan bears. Our, our vegan bears. Yeah. And so they, so so those bears are endemic to this area. Is conservation an issue with them? Yes. Yes. It's. I think that it's one or the one of the most important or probably the most important uh, conservation issue in Europe. Is that bear? Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's, it's really one uh, the, at the conservation, at the European conservation level, is very, very important species. Oh, so wow. we have a lot of projects uh, based on brown bear conservation here. Wow. European project, I mean, yeah. Hmm. And I know that I'm getting slightly off track, but I'm super curious about the project. Are there tourism based? Does tourism have a part to play in that in that role of conserving the bear? Of course, yes. Yeah. Uh, especially a role of education. Right. Uh, projects are uh, they have a lot of branches, you know, and we have the management part, the uh, conservation action, but inside the conservation strategies, ecotourism plays a very important role in the education. Right. Now, more broadly, this area is, among, among many others in Europe, a, a part of the rewilding program in Europe, which is happening at the moment. To us, growing up in Africa, this was a really interesting concept. We were 
we, we never thought that there was the opportunity to see wildlife in Europe, mm-hmm. especially, you know, big carnivores, you know, like the wolves. So we were really excited to see this, this, this idea. And like I shared with you earlier, I'd seen an article about it in a magazine uh, that, that you could actually go and do wolf tracking in Italy, which I just thought was mm-hmm. the coolest thing in the mm-hmm. whole world. Can you tell our listeners a little bit more about rewilding and what it, it serves to achieve here in Europe? At the moment, uh, um, there is a project um, in the area between the national park. Uh, in central Apennine, there are different national parks. We are now in the Abruzzo National Park, but uh, we have also the Maiella National Park and Gran Sasso and Monte della Laga National Park. Um, Rewilding Europe are, is working um, on, in the corridor areas because one of the big biggest problem um, in our region is between this area because there are a lot of problem uh, with the hunters uh, a lot of problem with the the, the road um, and there is a necessity to work on the road uh, e- ecology mm. um, so there are different action in in this project between Mm-hmm. Yes, because we have uh, a lot of protected areas, but quite isolated. Yeah. I see. Even if they are quite close, but there are some critical uh, things between them that um, prevent the moving, for example, of animals between one mm-hmm. area to the other. This is especially important, non- not only, for example, for wolves, but for example, wolves, they are able to move everything everywhere. I mean, they, it's, they really move in any condition, even very worst, uh, not natural condition, they can move. But for example, for birds, it's more difficult. So um, all this project, and uh, for example, rewilding was one of the most important, are trying to make connected this areas yes but the concept it's nice what you said before that you came from south africa and for you it's, uh, it sounds strange this rewilding and you make me uh, think about one um, ecologist uh, who came here from usa uh, to visit us and to um, uh, to speak about bears, actually. And uh, at the phone, he asked me, but uh, where we will stay? In a refugee in the mountain to see <laughs> bears? And I uh, know we don't need to see, to, to go in a refugee's up far from the town to see bears. We can see bears. Wherever. Uh, I mean, what I mean is he didn't image that uh, in an area um, where lives a lot of people, where there are a lot of villages, you can have wildlife so close to humans. And this is very typical of Europe in general, but especially of Italy or countries like Spain, like Greece, because our biodiversity came from the relationship between human and uh, uh, wildlife through you know through the years because the man man action during the past create uh, a landscape that is not wild in the way that you South Africans or American can image we are not wild areas never had this in Europe in Italy but also but always a landscape that is a mix between human and natural um, landscape uh, features 
that mix together create a landscape that is particular of Italy and Europe in general and that, mm, pro that promotes the presence of um, biodiversity at a high level. In fact, Italy, Greece, Spain are the countries that in Europe have the most biodiversity. You cannot find the biodiversity we have here, you cannot find in Germany, for example, because mm. the mm, landscape is not so, um, it's more homogeneous, you know. Here mm. you have a, lo a lot of different uh, ecosystems, actually. Very cool. Wow, that is it's really awesome. It's, I, I think most people will be very interested to know that you can... So the concept of rewilding here in Italy, it's, um, you have not to think about it something like you, know, you can find in USA in, in that big natural areas. Wild here uh, have a different meaning. Right. It's yes. a, mi a mix. Yes. And it's very good because uh, it's more it's more difficult because you have if you want to conserve landscape and ecosystem you have to speak with people and people have to play a role uh, conserve big wildlife areas in Alaska it's easier because yes. nobody is there and nature can go by itself but here people have to play a role because they are part of the nature Absolutely. I mean, that makes it makes complete sense. And as a model for the future, as we grow in population, it's going to be models where we can find a way to work together is going to be the way to go for sure. Um, I wanted to ask what I mean, Joy and I can come up with a lot of our favorite moments in safaris and experiences with animals. I wanted to ask, maybe we'll start with you, Umberto, as a professional working in conservation and wildlife what are your top two moments with animals that you can remember? We have different moments, uh, um, uh, also with uh, our guests, because um, normally when you visit the area on the on the path, you have a, a lot uh, of possibility to see wildlife, and uh, sometimes can happen to, to to see wolves or bear mm, very near are special moments because normally these kind of species smell the humans very very far and uh, if uh, you have uh, wind in your not, not in your direction you can have uh, more possibility sometimes this happens i remember um, yes different moments with our guest um, also, um, during the summer, we had the possibility to um, spot the wolves from the windows of um, one of our hut, one of our refuge, and uh, um, w when we are cooking, wow. uh, yes, um, <laughs> dishes. So right outside the yes, exactly. <laughs> there was a family inside the hut, and uh, the children. Um, uh, spot one animal just uh, near the hut from the windows and when <laughs> we realized it, <laughs> yes, <laughs> when, when we realized it, uh, the, 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 there was a, a pack of wolves that passed just in front uh, our door so yes there are different special occasion wow. mm. that's very very exciting <laughs> 
and any other moments or encounters with any animals in Abruzzo National Park that are your favorite? Um, I, I have, uh, yes, the bear is a, a wonderful uh, species, but uh, I have my first encounter with in wildlife with the chamois. And uh, can you explain? I think a lot of the people watching and the listeners might not know what a chamois is. Can you? Give yes, we have, like, like the bear, we have uh, a subspecies of uh, chamois in the central Apennines. Um, and uh, this is uh, uh, the, the Apennine chamois. And uh, it's, uh, um, I, I think, but uh, also the biologists say that the most beautiful chamois in the world. is a mountain goat. Yeah, and um, this, this subspecies had a, a beautiful color. Uh, especially during the winter and uh, the long uh, corn yes corn. yes uh, long corn and it's uh, um, yes it's a, a, a beautiful animal um, I, I think uh, uh, also for photographers because a lot of time you have this species on the rocks with um, um, a silhouette uh, during the sunset uh, or sunrise and you have a special location to take pictures about this uh, this species um, one of my first uh, encounter in wildlife was with uh, a chamois and also with um, the uh, pups or kids kids yes kids of uh, this uh, species and and uh, I, I i think uh, you have uh, a lot of possibility because normally they don't move uh, uh, if you remain on the path, so you have a, a lot of a possibility to observe them. When I looked at your Instagram account, Wildlife Adventures, yeah. there's some beautiful pictures of the chamois on there. So I will put a link to that in the show notes so people can see how beautiful they are. Yes, I remember they've got a sort of black band yeah. across their face, haven't they? Beautiful animals. Especially and the kids. Yeah. yeah. The kids. It's like a Zorro mask. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like a mask. Yeah. yeah. And Daniela, I, I wonder if you can share some of your favorite moments, a couple of your favorite moments with uh, animals here in Abruzzo National Park. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, we are very lucky because we have, we have, I think, hundreds of <laughs> stories to tell. But I mm, remember... Especially, I mean, uh, uh, was important for me two or three moments in which I really felt something more than if you see, for example, a wolf hunting a bear with a cub is beautiful. But there are some moments if you think something more. And this happened to me in few occasions. And the first one mm, when I was uh, walking on a very steep uh, mountain. And it, there was uh, the sun, it was like, uh, I don't know, midday. And I just <laughs> walk like this in the sun and I uh, see my shadow on the, on the ground. And suddenly, I didn't realize, but suddenly just behind me, I saw an eagle coming. Oh. And he, she passed just uh, above me. Wow. And in a moment, I see my shadow with the eagles. Wow. Uh, That's incredible. With the wings. Like, yeah. With the, and I felt like I was an angel. And when I see, <laughs> I felt like I was an angel. For me, it means that really in that moment, I felt to be part of 
everything. I mean, I felt like I was that eagle and that eagle was me and we were on that mountain and part of everything, you know? Wow. A very strong emotion. And something similar I felt uh, when I was mm, walking in a, in a wood, just uh, mm, away from official pathways. I was just uh, in the wood and I uh, heard some noises and I see I saw two roe deers uh, that were fighting. Uh, not really fighting, that they were facing uh, them, one like this. And they, while they was fighting, they turn around and around. And um, they begin to turn around and around, around me. But they didn't realize I was there. They just were inside their uh, dancing uh, fight <laughs> and just going around me. And also in that moment, I felt like part of something in which they, they didn't mind I was there. I wa it was normal for them I was there or maybe they didn't realize I was there and we were all part of something. Magical. Yeah, it's magical, yeah. This is my spiritual moment. Then I, uh, I mean, like Umberto, we have hundreds of, of... Hundreds <laughs> just, of memories. Yeah, just one. Uh, it's very funny because when um, I was with a friend of mine, we were supposed to be two days in mountain to observe a female with cub as a part of our monitoring activity, female of, uh, female of bears with cub every day, every year. We... Um, uh, we have this monitoring activity that aim to count the minimum number of fema female with cub we have in the park. So how many female reproduce actually? And um, to doing this uh, together with the park, we stay two or three nights in the wild uh, in our observation station, and we. Um, see if uh, some female with cub shows up. So I was with the, this friend of mine and he forgot his food in the uh, car down to the mountain. Oh, no. So the first night I, give, I gave to him something of my food, but the day, <laughs> the day after, I, at uh, midday, I said to him, okay, just go down to the car to take your food, because if we have to spend two days here, we, we will not have enough food for the two. I don't have enough, I just have for me. So go down. Uh, at this time of the day, no one animal will show up. Sure, go uh, and come back. <laughs> in, it, 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 it's true, because du during the day, it's yeah. very difficult to see wildlife. So. But in that two hours, he was away, a bear came <laughs> and we were observing a little lake and the bear came, the swe swe uh, began to swim inside the lake, something no. quite strange to see, you know, beautiful <laughs> observation. Oh. Then I, uh, it was like half an hour there swimming, then he goes away, five minutes uh, after, a wolf shows up, <laughs> no. goes no. to the lake, began to drink. When he came back, <laughs> and, and uh, for the two days after, we didn't see anything. No! <laughs> no. The worst timing <laughs> yeah, ever. Yeah, so I was very worried for him, and he came uh, back, and he said, I have to tell you something. <laughs> 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 it's not easy to have some kind of observation. You can, it's very easy here to observe wildlife, but it just 
from usually a moment or animals doing you know to see a bird swimming in a lake yeah. it's something more <laughs> that is that quite is, exciting yeah. Oh, poor guy. Oh. <laughs> yeah poor guy yeah and just talking about bears and wolves i know you said that you studied the wolves the bear project sorry mm-hmm. the, the bears you are most fascinated by yeah a lot of years that I studied there so now it, they are part of me yeah. but um, I mean I like I, I like any species I think that any any, any species that play his role and of course wild mammals wild carnivores um, uh, they have more appeal also to people uh, for people you know it's more easy to make people be fascinated with this species because they have uh, more appeal to yeah. people. Well, for me, I think that every species is wonderful. Bears now are part of me, really. I know them one by one. <laughs> <laughs> Here we have uh, like 50 bears, we don't have a lot, and we are able to not to, rec- to recognize one to the other, but we, during our activities, we also live uh, capture them to put their radio collars to monitor so i know a lot of them okay personally <laughs> really know yeah and maybe the more maybe wolves have more fascination to me because it's very easy to observe bears but wolves they are very they are like ghosts you know you you know that they are but you never see them. You always see their tracks, but it's very difficult to see them. And they're like a ghost. And when you see them, for me, in the most occasion, it was just a moment. And when, when it finished, you think, I dreamt this wolf, because <laughs> it's just an, a moment that you see. And so that's why they, it's fascinating. Special moments. Yeah, yeah. And Umberto, what what is your favorite species? Yes, for me, we have the first encounter with the bear. So the bear, I think it's the most fascinating animal in the area. But um, I really fascinated also by some birds in the area, like the uh, woodpecker. Um, wood woodpecker. Oh, yeah. Very cool. And uh, <laughs> we have a nice. Uh, a species of woodpecker called uh, uh, white spotted woodpecker wow. and uh, in Italy we have uh, 400 couple of these birds and the 200 couple of these are in this national park wow. uh, did you say two 200 of the 400 yeah exactly so but half of all the birds yes, exactly that's a uh, huge amount it's yes it's a particular thing and this because um, this small bird uh, hate only the larves and uh, these larves uh, are um, inside the dead tree and uh, we have different area with old growth forest inside the national this national park so there is a big presence of this bird for this thing Oh, that's special. And what other sort of smaller species can you see in Abruzzo National Park? So we know that the wolves and the bears are the big species, and those are, as mm-hmm. you say, they have a particular appeal to mm-hmm. people. Mm. But like you mentioned, the woodpecker birds are much smaller. Is there, 
are there any other types of species you can see that are small and maybe people who are visiting should look out for? Yes, a lot. For example, well, <laughs> to go uh, on the really opposite, we have some insects, okay. actually, that are endemic from here or very rare in Europe that, uh, that are beautiful, like the most famous is Rosalia alpina. That is. Then we will show you a picture. It's a beautiful <laughs> insect. It's blue and with uh, electric blue. Electric blue <laughs> electric with, blue. with uh, black uh, spotted. Yeah. Sp yeah, spotted, spotted. Yeah. And uh, it's very rare. Is it, is it a beetle or? It's, it's uh, like. the, the, uh, yeah the family. The, we can say the family of the beetle. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but then we have the. In any case, this insect is very rare because its uh, ecology is linked to old-growth forests, and old-growth forests are very difficult to find in Europe. I mean, we have uh, very few in Europe, and here uh, we have some example of this old-growth forest where. This Sorry, what does old-growth forest mean? <laughs> It's a, it's a forest with a lot of uh, dead trees. Uh, normally in Europe, and especially in Italy, people uh, take all the dead trees from the forest and use them to, for, for, for the fireplace or, or other things. And um, here we have uh, one of the oldest parks in Europe and uh, there is a re particular regulamentation and there are uh, small area where you don't have the possibility to take this wood from the forest mm -hmm. a lot of insect a lot of animal use this hate this uh, uh, dead tree and uh, live inside this forest i see at the moment we have uh, here uh, in the abruzzo national park uh, in the central Alpen and in the central Italy, just two hours from Rome, uh, the oldest beach in Europe. Okay. Yes, because apart of these dead uh, trees, uh, old growth forests are characterized by these very old trees, in uh, live trees. And here we have the oldest in Europe. Yeah. And they are UNE UNESCO list. Uh, yeah. oh. UNESCO yeah. heritage. Okay. Wow, that's uh, incredible. About six hundred uh, years. Uh, maybe, yes, uh, some maybe? some tree reach uh, yeah six hundred years, yeah. and this is uh, like our record. Yes, in uh, in Europe. Mm -hmm. yeah. And yeah, this is why they, as as Umberto said, the protected area is very old. But um, these um, nucleus of uh, very old uh, beach are also in uh, some areas which yeah. were difficult to reach yeah. by man. So but pro probably the men used uh, uh, hold the harder area and don't mm -hmm. use, don't cut inside mm -hmm. this small uh, mm -hmm. cluster, this small uh, protected uh, area. Yes, mm -hmm. uh, because it was very difficult to climb up with uh, the animal and take the wood mm -hmm. and come back in the village. Okay, Thank okay. <laughs> I think that Italy has the highest number of uh, old-growth oh, yeah, yeah. forests so old in Europe. Um, no? In the area of Carpathian there are also... Carpathian yeah, yeah, yeah. And talking about 
protecting this nature and Abruzzo being one of the oldest national parks in Europe. And this might seem like an obvious question, but why do you think people should care about nature and wildlife? What do you think is it about nature and the environment that is so important to us as humans? Because it can make you feel like an angel, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can, uh, uh, there are a lot of different reasons. We can just see this, answer this question from two different perspectives. I mean, the spiritual one and the ecosystem gives man, uh, humankind gives services. I mean, without uh, health nature, we cannot live. So that's why we need to preserve nature. The fact that here we have uh, clean water and uh, forests that give us uh, oxygen and all these things uh, makes the need to protect because the nature gives us uh, life, basically. Then there is the other perspective that is the spiritual one. And what I see in this society nowadays is that spirituality or religion are uh, something that um, are very different in our lives respect uh, the past. I mean, in the past, uh, everyone was religious and because maybe people uh, feel the need to believe to something uh, more, I mean, not linked to their everyday life, to have an hope and and nature can play this role because nowadays um, few people uh, believe in God. I mean, I, for example, I don't, I don't know, I see this in Europe, uh, something is changing, but still people need uh, to believe or to feel something uh, that is more uh, spiritual. Greater than ourselves. Yeah, you mean? to give something uh, that is not just something you can buy or you can have in your everyday life. It gives you an, an, a spiritual uh, experience and emotions. And I think that nature can play this role. And when I was a child, uh, when I... Um, I mean, the, the, the thing that makes me happiest uh, it was to be here, to walk inside the wood, to look for animals, to see animals. And I want that my children uh, can feel the same emotion. And if we destroy everything, they will not feel this emotion. That's great. Yeah. Very, very special. Umberto, do you have an answer for that as well? Why, why do you think nature is so important to, to us? I think in general it's important for people and we work on this every day. Um, we have a, um, normally very quickly uh, mode of life day per day. And uh, when I meet uh, each day new people that arrive in the area, um, I was fascinated by the words of people when they say uh, wow, here you have the silence. So we, we don't uh, have the possibility to um, listen the silence. And uh, for, for us, uh, I think it, it is normal because yeah. 
we 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 have uh, yes we are each days in the mm -hmm. field well, and uh, uh, <laughs> yes for us it, it is normal listen only the sound of nature only the sound of the leaves of the tree only the birds and for, for people that arrive from other uh, villages or other uh, city uh, th th this is a, mm. a special occasion I, I think there is also like a, a, a situation of uh, uh, they are embarrassed right yes. <laughs> they, they, embarrassed yes exactly yes I, I think this when, when, when they are in the nature they are embarrassed and I, I completely agree I think there's definitely that spiritual element of reconnecting with nature mm -hmm. that thousands hundreds of thousands of years ago when we were just old human beings mm -hmm. and we were surrounded by nature all the time it's reconnecting to that past and in fact at that time in uh, the the old man saw in nature their gods no they yeah in, in the sun in the trees in the rocks yeah, yeah. and for me it's the same it's it's like connecting to something and feel part of so and also uh, see yeah people uh, people are <laughs> yeah when they came in nature from the city in in the first time they feel like uh, i'm out of my element yes, but like a, like they should reconnect because mm. nature is their element yeah so um, I think that reconnecting to nature can produce a better society, at least. <laughs> at, the, at the least, I agree. I want to add, I can relate exactly to what you were saying. You know, Lyle and I have been working in our offices for the last 10 years. And we went to the Serengeti National Park last year. Mm -hmm. And I had this overwhelming sense of belonging and it feels really strange because you're in the middle of Africa and there's animals and you're not even allowed to get out of the car. <laughs> so, but it's, it's, it's almost like you're alive, right? It's like you've woken up and you feel, for anyone who hasn't experienced that, I can only recommend that you go out in nature and just sit there and listen and try it because you really feel that you've figured out life in a way. I mean, it sounds really silly, but it's like yeah. a, a really real connection to, to Yeah, people to should, should, uh, we, we, have to help these people to remember this kind of sensation because yeah. all our economy and society uh, push people to live in the city concentrated in city in places where you for example uh, cannot be alone never because when I when I live in Rome I uh, the, the the worst sensation for me it was that even if we went out six in the morning uh, out of home to, to have a walk always there were there were someone people. around people mm. everywhere yeah yeah and it's okay but sometimes I mean you can feel some sensation being alone in a wood that that people should, they should have the possibility to feel because yes. this can make them better um, people. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I, I couldn't agree more. That's actually a really great point that you're from Rome originally and we're in Abruzzo National Park now, which is only two hours from Rome. I mean, mm. that's incredible, isn't it? That within two hours, you can, you can have that sensation. And I feel like a, a lot of major urban cities around the world 
have something where you can connect with nature whether it be a park or whatever it is there is that opportunity as long as you look for it and you go find it but I'm, I'm quite keen to circle back to Abruzzo and talk a little bit about more about Abruzzo National Park itself um, I understand from reading your website that it was founded established in 1922 and the the plan was to preserve 50,000 hectares for the purpose of conserving endemic species and flora and fauna um, from the area. Mm-hmm. And it also has been one of the most successful national parks in conserving these species because of the way that it's approached working with local communities. would love to learn a little bit more from your perspective about why Abruzzo has been so successful and what is, what, what is it that they have done right with local communities. I think the most important thing was um, um, established a national park where live people. In the ninety-two, uh, in nineteen twenty-two, sorry, uh, there wasn't other uh, national park, other reserve with people inside. All the established national park was big reserve without villages, without people. Um, the issue of this national park uh, was coexistence between conservation and uh, uh, the opportunity of uh, local eco-tourism uh, and involve the local people mm. for this. I think this, this was uh, the first area where this happened. And uh, yes, we, we, we can call a success this because uh, uh, 70-80% of the economy of this valley was linked with the national park. And uh, people live thanks to the people that arrive in this area to smell this sensation, to try to observe the animal. Um, I, yeah. I think this mm-hmm. is the, yeah. the most important thing. The issue thing. is to give mm. people the opportunity to stay here. This because this uh, particular landscape and nature is nothing without people. Because people, as, as we uh, were saying yeah. at, at mm. the beginning, uh, pre- preserving nature here, it means preserving nature and people together. So uh, the park or the people in general uh, makes this possible with ecotourism because people nowadays is not anymore a shepherd. There are not so much shepherd anymore as in the past because in the past the economy was based on this kind of activities. Nowadays few people still do do these activities. Uh, some Someone is coming back on this yeah. site and uh, this is very important. I mean until now it we can say it was a success but in the future we need to link ecotourism to traditional activities because if you just uh, leave the touristic part you uh, you will lose more and more you will lose the tradition you know the yes. yes the traditionalism uh, and tradition that uh, create this particular landscape so uh, in the future, we should make people stay here and doing the activities they uh, did in the past. 
of course in a modern yeah, in a new vision mm, in a new vision of course not right. like uh, no one wants to go uh, behind in the past where uh, when the con living condition were, were not so good mm -hmm. no yeah. but we can imagine uh, ecotourism linked with these traditional activities and it will be okay it will it will be a success if, if we follow this path that makes sense yeah i mean to have to have new economies with modern with a, a modern twist based on traditional ways of doing yeah. things combined with a little bit of tourism it feels like a nice sustainable mix of of diversification as well so you yeah. not just reliant on one type of economy to keep things going mm -hmm. and to your point earlier it's going to be critical to have that blend of human activity alongside the park to make sure that those animal mm -hmm. species are, are conserved very cool the other story that i read which was really cool i thought was about how perceptions have changed around nature uh so going back in time i'm not sure when uh, the local communities would have not been a big fan of wolves because potentially when they were shepherds maybe yeah. their sheep would have been <laughs> eaten by the wolves and today that's a slightly different story in that the community gets excited when there's a wolf or when they've a wolf has been seen and it's now seen as a valuable thing how do you think that's happened what what what, what made that that change that shift over time uh, I think that yeah, perce perception has changed, and we have more. We still have problems with big carnivores and local uh, mm. farmers, but of course not so much in the past, because people be uh, also farmers begin to see the advantage and uh, to protect wolf you know it's uh, it's advantage also for them because people come here because it's naturally beautiful ecosystem is okay wolves are there birds are there everything is fine so people comes and will buy his uh, cheese <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, and and perspective has changed because society has changed. Fortunately, uh, also people who are not so linked with nature. I mean, who uh, lives in the city, uh, like a paradox, they are more uh, interested to preserve nature than people that lives here, for whom nature is something natural. It's just their. Uh, you know they're they home yeah. and they don't don't think i mean normal people they don't think uh, every day uh, we have to protect nature but as a paradox people in the city yes they do so and this produces change in the society and people begin to feel the necessity to to come and to see nature in his uh, integrity mm. yeah and and so um, that's why the economical opportunity to to tell to the people come here we have here an an ecosystem that works uh, well so comes here and look and everyone uh, more and more is seeing in this an opportunity uh, mm. for their life. Uh, to Makes sense. Mm. And you, you say that the, the people in the cities are appreciating this more and are starting to value it. 
um, and want to conserve the landscapes because for them it's that special experience for those that have experienced it. Are you seeing in your business, are you seeing an increase? Are you seeing people more and more wanting to be part of and wanting to experience this reconnection with nature? Yes. Oh, that's yes. great news. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we, we have, um, in the last year, years, we have uh, more requests on this. In general, I, I think uh, um, the uh, a sport like excursionism are increased. Um, but there are a lot, a lot of people that uh, don't think like this, like a sport, but like a, um, a mode of uh, life. Uh-huh. So like yes, an yes, like an, like an experience. Yeah. Yes, and um, in, in this area, this is uh, we have this opportunity, uh, Daniela, uh, because also people. Um, are inside this circle of the experience. Also the local people, the farmer, uh, the guide, uh, the owner of the hotels, uh, uh, restaurants, uh, are all involved in this kind of experience. And uh, people appreciate that. Mm, Yeah, what I saw or respect uh, some years ago is um, here always we have had a lot of tourism but ecotourism is growing until the 10 last year before there were a lot of people who came here because yes in the winter there is the snow or the town is nice but they were not very um, concerned of the place or what uh, the natural round what does that means now people come for this yeah, to reason. try an experience. Yeah, I yes. saw really this change. Now I see more and more people who, who come just for this. They, I mean, they of course mind how the town beautiful is and okay, but they come because they want a different experience. Yeah. So talking about the experiences and the tours and the excursions that Wildlife Adventures offers, and when I was having a look last night on the website, I loved the look of the Lords of the Night. That's something that I would love to do. But just for the listeners and anybody watching out there, can you give us a summary of the kinds of packages that you offer? What can people do? Yes, we we move on um, uh, three different ways. Um, we propose uh, natural-based experience, uh, like yes, try to see wolves, bear, birds, but also um, take pictures about landscape, flowers, recognize the different orchids in the area, uh, test the different dishes on this area and local cuisine yeah, local exactly. food yes sometimes we try to uh, make pasta inside our huts with the guests and uh, <laughs> but also we we, we move uh, with the kids with um, with the, the activity for families also in uh, education of environment so there are different opportunity in the last years um, we um, are invested uh, are, um, on the hut in the mountains. Um, at the moment, uh, we have a rebuilding uh, uh, two different huts. 
and uh, we will uh, rebuilding in the next years other two small huts in the past used by the shippers and that moment uh, totally abandon it and uh, we will propose different kind of experience uh, so you can stay in the huts which is in the mountains in the wild yes and um, also um, try to move between the different huts and uh, so uh, like a, a, a long track between mm -hmm. the different huts uh, that are in the area of, uh, of this national park and outside this park. That sounds amazing. Epic. That sounds absolutely <laughs> epic. And just to paint the picture for all the listeners out there, it's February. What is it? Mid-February now. <laughs> and it's a winter wonderland. The snow around Abruzzo National Park is something that looks like it's out of a postcard. It's unbelievable. And I can imagine looking up at those mountains with the trees and the snow, snowy hills and mountains would be an incredible experience. One point I wanted to also ask was, is there, is there anything special that's coming up on your calendar for wildlife adventures? Any tours that are coming up? As Umberto was saying before, uh, we think that one of the deepest experience that uh, uh, a group of people can live here is to stay two days in the wild. So um, um, this idea of the mountain art grew up uh, because more and more people ask um, deep experiences. So uh, what we organize is uh, usually a two days trek, uh, which uh, begin with a beautiful trek uh, to the mountain at. So we will stay there for the night, and then in the morning uh, at dawn, at dawn, yeah, uh, we propose um, a direct ob observation to see animals, and then another trek, which will um, make us to come back in the town and other other important events are this photographic uh, tour yeah grazie mm -hmm. <laughs> this photographic tour that are very interesting uh, in, uh, in 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 every season actually every season has its uh, own yes, exactly. uh, particular uh, um, topic. I mean, during the winter, it can be beautiful to try to observe a wolf. That, I that it's um, a little bit easier than in, than in the summer. Or um, a chamois is okay for all uh, year long, especially uh, for me is spring beautiful because you have these kids. Uh, who plays in the snow and and also during the the, the the late autumn when the male fight. Then we have the period of the deer uh, where they f also fight to yes, create the their harem. So every season has its own, uh, and and the, yeah, the the late summer for bears where they 
go to it uh, and it's it's particular period where it, when it's very easy to see them and this photographic uh, tour uh, makes also people um, the give the people the possibility to um, come back with something i mean their experience but also their their pictures under the supervision of a um, professional um, photographer Ah, very cool. I actually, I saw on your website that it's quite easy to see what activities are coming up. You have different dates for different activities, so it's quite easy to see them up there. But it sounds like the big focus for 2018 is going to be the, the mountain huts. Which yeah. Is cool. yeah. 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 Awesome. <laughs> what I wanted to just, because uh, we're getting to the end and I think we've been running for probably close to or over an hour. From a business perspective, Umberto, can you give any sort of advice or tips for anyone who is looking to start their own eco tour company? Uh, yes, but uh, we, when when we start, when I start, I was alone, so <laughs> I start with um, a few money. I open a, a small small office, and uh, during the first summer, I asked me. Uh, what, what are you doing? Yes, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> we 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 um, don't don't had a lot of requests, so um, only with uh, uh, the passage of people inside the village, we had the possibility to organize something. Uh, we work a lot um, uh, our in image. So uh, we promote a lot uh, our activity uh, with pictures, with small videos uh, of our experience on the internet website. Uh, also with um, different journalists that arrive in the area. And we try to um, make this experience with these people. And um, in um, um, a few of years, we increase the work of our company and at that moment there are other people that work with us whole year. So I, I think you'd try and uh, um, add uh, a good, good profile, very professional, um, continue to study day per day and uh, uh, make a lot of experience in the field and promote the activity with uh, the actual um, uh, media like yes internet like the social media like facebook like instagram and uh, involve uh, yes the people with this experience okay yeah so th that's really good advice so really you need to get your name your company's name out there uh, but obviously, starting your business, you're going to have nerves and you're going to be a little bit fearful and yeah. what yeah, might come. I and think yeah. it's normal at the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. I think everybody <laughs> goes through that. Thanks. That's really great advice, Umberto. And for all the listeners out there, where can they find you? What is your website called? Wild Wildlifeadventures.it. IT. IT, yes, exactly. And uh, also with the same name, Wildlife Adventures, on the social media. So Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Vimeo, we are on Pinterest, we are 
your, <laughs> yes, I think in your social media at the moment. <laughs> yeah, very cool. We'll put links to those on our show notes as well so that everybody can see them quickly and quick get straight through to you as well. Um, and that's that's the end of the interview. Thank you both so much for having us here in this beautiful hotel. We've, we, um, we always say we like to make it feel like a fireside discussion. And we actually, you've provided us with a fire so we can have a fireside discussion. So this has been really magical and it's been wonderful hearing your stories. Thank you for sharing them. Uh, I'm hoping that this inspires others to get out there and, and to come and explore um, not only the wonderful tours that you guys offer, but also just get out there and go into nature, whether it's your local park or wherever, just find a place of silence where you can observe nature in action. Um, but thank you so much again, and, and we look forward to uh, following you. your movement. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. Thank, thank you, Daniela you. and Alberto. Thank you, thank you. And uh, we are really excited to go on our wolf trek this afternoon. Sure, so of course. <laughs> we'll keep everybody posted. <laughs> okay, thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Hey, everyone. Hope this episode with Daniela and Umberto inspired you to get outside and be one with nature. As always, you'll be able to find the show notes for this interview at Sustainable Jungle dot com forward slash podcast and if you want to learn more about wildlife adventures please visit wildlifeadventures.it or european safari company that's one word dot com and if you enjoyed this episode we would love it if you subscribed and or left us a review thanks for listening and we'll see you next time